problem is the fact that we do not have any psychiatric facilities or even other district hospitals within Soweto to accommodate the large number of patients that Soweto has. And so not only the patients, but the staff are at risk of TB, as well as psychiatric issues, as well as being hit by the patients, as well as being hit by the drug patients, as well as the blood for all the former patients. What rights do we have as the healthcare professionals? So it's just, it's a flawed system and it's just a vicious cycle. Psychiatric healthcare in South Africa has faced long-standing issues, including the ill-treatment of patients, funding problems, lack of qualified personnel, stigma, and the state of and number of mental healthcare facilities, to name just a few. The state of psychiatric healthcare in South Africa has been a topical issue in the years since the life Isidemeni tragedy that saw the deaths of 144 psychiatric patients who died from neglect in facilities contracted to the Provincial Health Department in 2016. But despite this tragedy and the commission of inquiry into it, it appears not much has changed. In this episode of Boots on the Ground, behind South Africa's national headlines, we take a look at just how bad things are getting. Please note the voices of sources in the story have been masked in order to protect their identities. According to the World Health Organization, there are many different mental disorders with different presentations. They are generally categorized by a combination of abnormal thoughts, perceptions, emotions, behavior, and relationships with others. Examples of mental disorders include depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, and other psychosis, dementia, and developmental disorders, including autism. A Times Live investigation has revealed that some public hospitals in Gauteng are facing a psychiatric healthcare crisis. Public hospitals in the province, which is said to have the most mental health patients in the country, are inundated with psychiatric patients, adding to the strain on personnel, resources and infrastructure. The crisis has seen psychiatric patients having to be housed in what some have called inhumane conditions within hospital emergency departments in several hospitals. One of these hospitals is the Helen Joseph Hospital in the inner city of Johannesburg. For months, the hospital has seen a large daily influx of mentally ill patients. The emergency department, which can assist only four psychiatric patients, has recently had to deal with up to 48 patients in the 30-bed unit. According to a source at the hospital, the increased numbers are largely due to the hospital having to take on patients from the now-closed Charlotte McGregor Hospital, which was forced to shut its doors after a fire damaged parts of the hospital in April 2021. They have also had to take on patients from other nearby hospitals who are refusing or unable to take on psychiatric patients. The hospital source elaborates. Charlotte had two big psychiatric wards which were damaged in the fire and 
They were also admitted via the emergency department of Charlotte to those wards. And once again, those patients are from the drainage area of, of Charlotte, which is the big central area of Johannesburg, as well as down through across to Alexander. And unfortunately, I think uh, the CBD with a lot of urban patients and a lot of patients also from other countries results in a lot of psychiatric disturbances. Now, once again, those patients can't go to Charlotte. And the only hospital in the area that takes them is Helen Joseph. Eden Bell refuses to take them. And Southrand takes a few of them and have conveniently broken their lifts and now will take any patients to the emergency department. So that means that all their patients, which could also be going to that hospital, uh, are not. And that the result is that Helen Joseph is now literally sitting, today we're sitting at 48 psychiatric patients in the emergency department. Now given that I've just told you that we're a 30 bedded unit and we have to take surgery and medicine as well, we are now sitting with 48 psychiatric patients in the department. These people stay for up to two weeks in the department. There is no beds for them anywhere because they won't open the wards or fix the wards at South Rand Hospital. It's very convenient for South Rand Hospital. There are wards that could be used at South Rand Hospital, but it's extremely convenient simply not to uh, improve the facilities there and block patients from coming there. And once again, these patients can't wait. Barabonis won't take these patients, which is the other areas of psychiatric, because they have, they have enough of their own problems in the south, southern areas of Karate, you know. Broken window panes, mattresses set alight, patients wielding metal bars, overworked and scared hospital staff, patients wandering off and disappearing. These are just some of the day-to-day -day health and safety risks faced by staff and patients at the Helen Joseph Hospital. The source tells of the daily struggles they endure amid the crisis, including having to often deal with manic and aggressive patients. The psychiatric doctors from Charlotte have come to help us, but we are literally sitting with 40 to 45 male aggressive uh, manic patients in the corridor of our with two toilets that are often broken, low shower facilities, and they are also pushing up the entire medical load of patients because they are taking over the corridor and sleeping in the cubicles where we would examine our medical patients. So we left with four cubicles for medical patients to be seen, and the rest of it is, is flooded with psychiatric people in the corridor. So they all take up the stretchers which we have, and we didn't get more money to buy more stretchers. And we, they, they love stretchers, and they damage these stretchers because whenever they wake up, they get upset, they start bashing things. They have set stretchers alike, the mattresses have been set alike. They break the bars of the stretchers. They've broken beds and literally run down the corridor with the metal frames of the 
brigades, which we have to stop them, otherwise they're going to hit uh, a staff member or a patient with the lethal frame of the bed. They have broken down the glass of the windows, which we never had a problem with before, but since now, since the uh, medical hasn't taken over, they've broken literally every glass pane that they can get, which is very dangerous because then they grab the glass and they also try and slit their wrists and they can't slit everybody else's wrists as well. They've climbed into the roof, so they've got they come onto switches and go, they've managed to get up through the ceiling, so we've got broken ceilings. We've, we've literally had that happen on at least three occasions where we have to talk patients out of the ceiling. Um, because there's so many of them and, and there's not enough people to control them. The hospital has seen infrastructure, financial and staffing issues that have been aggravated by the influx of psychiatric patients. According to the source, they have nowhere to turn to, as various intervention methods have been tried by senior management. I don't know what else to say now, because the MEC for Health has walked through our facility. I walked with her through our facility. Our CEO is very aware of this, but her hands are pretty much tied, because no extra funding has come into Hannah Joseph Hospital because of the disaster. I, I, I mean, where else do we turn now um, for things? I mean, I've written emails to the university. They are aware of the situation. I mean, the University of Andrachus is our teaching hospital, so the students come into our department every day and see the issues they're supposed to be trained in the hospital they see at the university thus is aware of it you can see from the tweets that the university has informed the senior consultants at CJ. i think that's where they got the information from our ceo is trying to deal with it pretty much on her own at the moment but i have sat in on the meetings not all of them, because I'm not privy to all of them, but some of them where the Charlotte people have just shrugged their shoulders and said, you have enough doctors, you must deal with us. And I think that is a similar thing where, the, where my senior management have sat in on meetings and basically that's what they've been told by the Charlotte staff. And it seems to me that the government, the provincial health, don't have any power to say to the Charlotte's Quaternary Hospital, excuse me, give me a timetable for your doctors, and your doctors must work within the area where their patient load is. And so the trauma doctors have chosen not to work within their area. And no one has been able to come up with a solution to this. And certainly they haven't given us any money, although we're taking their patient load but we just expect it to continue to work. And we've got no, no recall because we are supposed to be an emergency department. Sadly, the same reality has been true for the Begim Langini District Hospital in Soweto. The hospital, which has a 24-bed capacity for psychiatric patients in its medical ward, has had to move patients into its 12-bed emergency department due to the increased number of psychiatric patients being admitted. According to a source at the hospital, 
about 200 to 250 psychiatric patients are admitted monthly to their emergency department. The majority of the psychiatric patients they see have psychiatric disorders caused by ongoing substance abuse which is rampant in Soweto. Most of the patients are said to present with schizophrenia and substance-induced psychosis. The source explains the conditions in which the psych patients are being kept in their ED. Psych, psych we see about 200, about 200 to 250 a month, psychotic patients. So, so it depends, usually with your substance, if someone comes in who's intoxicated from cannabis or crystal meth or alcohol, we just The increased number of psychiatric patients admitted to the hospital's emergency department has made caring for other patients difficult. The hospital has had to divert patients needing serious medical care to other hospitals at least three to four times a day as the psychiatric patients have occupied the department. This has not only affected their own safety but also resulted in serious risk to hospital staff and other patients. Some of the issues include theft, damage to infrastructure, and physical harm to staff, including murder. The doctor elaborates. Um, 
we have to go and divert every day because because they, the psych stations take up all our sessions, we don't have space, so we cannot accommodate any other type of patient. So the medical patients now suffer. It's, it's a huge challenge. They also risk us as staff, so the staff, nurses, cleaners, quarters, doctors, everyone is just set up with the whole situation because we're getting assaulted on a daily basis by them. They are they're very violent, very difficult to contain, partly because we also just don't have the medication and space to contain them. Um, the one drug that we use is out of stock nationally, Haloperidol, IV, that intravenous. I think recently we had the security that was written. We have a large number of patient safety incidents as well where patients have gone. Um, recently we had a patient commit suicide in the hospital about maybe three, four months ago. I'm not sure. Um, it was a psych patient who was seen by the psychiatry registrar who had discharged the patient. But again, with the sheer volume of patients in the unit, you're really not taking the time to assess each and every patient. I mean, you're seeing a few patients a day, spending an hour with each one. It's very difficult for the psychiatry registrars to, to see them in that sort of environment. So I think he was discharged and then he was just walked up to the second floor and he just jumped off. So the, what they've done now after this incident was they've actually created a 15 bedded psychiatric ward downstairs on the ground floor level. But that doesn't help the number of patients in the unit. It will just decrease the number of possible suicides. It will just decrease those sort of incidents that we have because a lot of the time the psych patients will break the ceilings and crawl through the ceiling into another ward. It's the um, ceiling of the panel. So if they stand on the toilet, if they go to the bathroom, they stand on the toilet, they just lift the panel up and then there's a square there and they just jump in and then they can crawl through the ceiling. The windows just yesterday are actually called the DID guys to come in to fix the windows because they've broken, they've smashed the windows. The ceilings are broken. Um, plumbing has also been destroyed because they go into the ceiling and they break the pipes because that's what they're holding onto. Um, the same patient stole someone's car from the parking lot a few months ago. There's been lot, lots of incidences. The hospital has recently seen high turnover rates as doctors are apparently leaving due to burnout and fears for their safety. When asked why there seems to be a lack of help for psych patients, the doctor alluded to the stigma surrounding mental health, adding that the Department of Health needed to invest in building more hospitals, especially psychiatric facilities. I'm sure you must have heard, last year, two years ago, a psych patient killed another patient in the ward. That point in time, already investigations were started at provincial level. And since then, task teams have been coming in, um, premiers have been coming in, they've been doing their own reports, but nothing's been coming off that, like out of it. They've been submitting reports, submitting recommendations, but there's actually nothing that's actually happened. It's been escalated to every level possible. I think tomorrow one of the Baraguana's uh, hospital clinical managers is coming to actually see how they can assist. So every week there's a new task team that's sent out to see how they can assist us. So we've got that hope. <laughs> Nothing seems to come off it.
I think people with a lot of money need to be put into it, and I don't think the department has money. Because the only way to fix a situation like this is to build more hospitals, is to have a psychiatric facility, to have other district hospitals in the area, because you can't function in Soweto with such a large population with only two hospitals, and that being Aston Barra. So, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's management, if there's conflict among different managers up there, higher management, that just don't want to help. I, I, I don't know. I think people just want to pass the buck. They're just not interested in... I think also because of the stigma of mental health, because of substance abuse, I don't think people are really wanting to help. I don't think it's a priority. And also, we also need to keep in mind that past two years has been COVID. So COVID was, I think, everyone's nightmare and COVID was being prioritized and no one really looked at mental health. Section 27 of the Constitution provides that everyone has the right to access to healthcare services and no one may be refused emergency medical treatment. Though the right to healthcare services is a basic human right enshrined in the Constitution, it is evident it is not a right recognized for all, especially some of society's most vulnerable. It is also evident that a lot needs to be done by the Department of Health to redress the worsening state of psychiatric healthcare in the country, not only for the betterment of patients, but for healthcare professionals as well. You've been listening to Boots on the Ground, Behind South Africa's National Headlines, a production of Times Live Podcasts and The Sunday Times. To get our latest episodes for free, subscribe to Iona FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Investigations done by Times Live reporters Graham Hoskin and Dunkey Somaketa. For Boots on the Ground, I'm Demi Buzo.